to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on the block on a Monday as we get going here. And that, uh, as usual, means that we will be joined by Stephen M. Simple of the Lincoln Journal Star and, of course, of early break here on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Sip, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. I appreciate you making me a regular guest, guys. It's fun. I like coming on. Oh, we can't. There we Clark, go. Stick. man, we, we, we love you and we appreciate it, man. We thank you for taking your time because we know you're busy. You know, you have an early show. <laughs> not that busy um especially this time of year and i like talking sports and and uh i like talking sports with you guys so let's do it yeah yeah there's a lot to go on not necessarily a whole lot of uh breaking husker news to to go through but i think there's a few interesting things going on uh first how about just a preview or a a tease to get back on the ticket website and uh, look at your conversation with yoshi hardrick this morning how did that go oh thank you bach uh thanks for asking it was incredible i Yoshi, um, Yoshi is, first of all, he's naturally good on radio. Uh, Yoshi is very well-spoken. He's, he's very, he's got an interesting story. You know, he's got a very interesting story to tell or stories to tell. He tells them well. I mean, when I say that, I mean everything from being a seven-year starter in the Canadian Football League to championship rings two great cup championship rings basically the face of the winnipeg blue bombers franchise now this is a guy you know that was really really highly recruited out of fort scott and by the way guys and this is i really had sort of forgotten this part um but he came from fort scott with levante david with stanley jean baptiste and with Brandon Kenny. Wow. Now think about that for some. And that's, I mean, that's when Nebraska was rolling pretty good with Bo. Um, and it's no wonder. I mean, and, and, you know, the lines he played on were really good. I mean, Yoshi started on a line um, in 2011 that had Andrew Rodriguez and Caputo, Marcel Jones at, at right tackle, and Ricky Henry at right guard. Um, that's a good line. I mean, Marcel was in the NFL for a period. Yoshi's got his track record, which is strong. Um, Ricky Henry was an all-conference lineman. Hasn't been many of those at Nebraska. Um, so, yeah, they, it's his, you know, it, it, just listen to the part about his recruitment by Pelini. Pelini was the only head coach who recruited him, and there were a lot, that actually went to his trailer in this little Mississippi, rural Mississippi town of Cortland that had, I mean, it was all dirt roads except for the paved road that went through town. It was all, there was no paved roads. It was hard to find. And, and, you know, the, the other head coaches would meet his mom at, at Chili's or they had this little Mexican restaurant in town. But, but Dolores, his mom was really struck by the fact that both showed up. All his uncles were amazed. Like, he had a bunch of uncles there. Yoshi had a bunch of uncles there, and they were amazed. This guy, this head coach at Nebraska, showed up at the trailer and sat down and ate with them, all muddy. Um, so it's a, it's a great story. But, yeah, Yoshi, if you ever get a chance, um, check out Yoshi. He's had a really good run now. 
Yeah, that, that's that's fascinating, especially when you kind of you kind of remember back on the rub that Bo Pelini would get that he wasn't a great recruiter or didn't like recruiting. I'll tell you what, as far as JUCO recruiting, that guy was uh, seemed to be a genius back in that time. Yeah, his recruiting's looking better and better, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that too. I mean, if you look at the talent in eleven that they had, not only up front, but you're talking about Rex and Amir, young Amir. Um, you're talking about young Kenny Bell, Brandon Kenny. Uh, Mike McNeil. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if McNeil was still around in eleven, but um, they had guys. I mean, I'm, I'm serious when I say that, Bach. Bo used to get that rap, but you look back at that those teams now, <laughs> it looked like they were pretty well recruited to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think that, like you said, I mean, maybe that's fading over the years just because of what we've seen. Follow that. Speaking of recruiting, and, and maybe things that Nebraska might end up uh, regretting, is Zane Flores is committed to uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, of course, the Gretna quarterback here at uh, in, in in state uh, in Nebraska. Uh, I always find it fascinating. Of course, Nebraska's already got their, you know, maybe it's a one quarterback uh, class type of thing, but they didn't really go hard after Zane Flores. Do you think that that's something? You know, we always talk about the in state and shutting up the border and all that stuff. Um, do you think that's a different conversation when it comes to quarterback? Oh, no. I mean, I think this conversation is pretty simple. Um, Mark Whipple had a relationship with William Watson that dates to, I don't know, was Watson and he was in junior high when, when Whipple started recruiting him, essentially. Their relationship started way back there. I don't make this controversial, and I know, I'm not suggesting you are either, Bach, I just think that Whipple had his guy. And and I think and I know I know that you can't have blind faith in coaches and we've seen now that you really when <laughs> we're seeing it in Nebraska you really can't have blind faith in coaches. But I mean to a cert, at a certain level you have to trust Mark Whipple here, right? He went and got his guy. I mean that's what I want coaches to do. Is I you know if I'm in, if I'm a fan anyway, I would want. That got really loud. Um, that they, uh, I'd want my the coach to identify the player, the quarterback he feels most comfortable and confident in and get him. I don't care where he's from. Uh, it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters if he's from Gretna or if he's from wherever. In, in this case, mm-hmm. Massachusetts. Get the guy you feel most comfortable and confident in that can that can enhance your program. I think it's dangerous when you start just trying to appease fans. I, I'm not all about that. Now, I get it. Now, I'm not, I, I know people say, no, if it's a Nebraska kid, he gets special treatment. I don't know. I gotta, if I'm a coach at Nebraska, my whole thinking is i got to figure out how to win double-digit games and get, and get back to the Big, and get in the Big Ten title game again. And I, I don't care where the guy's from. In a lot, in a lot of cases, some cases, you know, you're. I think in some cases, it's mm, there's some nuanced discussions that that might lead to a, a in-state kid getting preferential treatment, but I wouldn't go too far down that road. So, um, so this is a two-part question. One. Uh, why do you think that there's a lot of disrespect that goes on with Husker women's uh, programs and that they're having great success? You, you saw early with the women's basketball team and what they were doing, and it just took so long for anybody to take notice on that. And then 
all of a sudden now the the softball team is 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 on a freaking roll you know I, I, what is it it's 18 straight yeah, now yeah. It, so you're, you're looking at 18 straight wins good wins uh big 10 wins they're undefeated in the big 10 and still are just just being able to crack the the top 25 what what, what do you what do you think about those two things now the second part is what is your take on Cam Jurgens and Ty, uh, Cam Ta- uh, uh, Cam Taylor <laughs> Britt? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hopping into the the talks on looking to jump into the second round—that's huge for Husker football. But go ahead. Oh yeah. Now, as far as the softball goes, Strick, are you talking about coverage, or are you talking about the fact they just cracked the rankings and maybe should have been in them earlier? That part. The second part. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, and I'll tell you something, Strick. I'm not the authority on that. Um, I'm not the authority on soft, on on softball, so I don't know. I just know. I just know this. I'm a big fan of Ronda Ravel. I used. I mean, believe it or not, when she was in her first years at Nebraska, I covered the team. I covered Ronda, and she was one of the better coaches I've ever dealt with. She went through a rough patch, if you recall, a couple years ago, and you know it was she was. You know, she went through a tough part of her career where there there were some people questioning her methods, and Bill Moose stuck with her. And now you're seeing, you know, that that was that was a good decision. I'm not going to say probably a good decision; it was a good decision. And I'm I'm personally happy to see it. Now, my I don't focus; I focus on football. Um, That's my focus. So I don't know about whether they should have been in the rankings or not. As far as Cam Jurgens and Cam Taylor Britt go. Wow, I mean, it's it's those are impressive guys, uh, both of them, in their own way. But I know, and you know, I don't know them personally, necessarily. Uh, I know them in a you know in a media player sort of relationship. But I know enough about them that they're examples of guys that push through a lot of tough situations, and that's really strict, as you know. As you know, Strick, as, as much as anyone, you don't get to where they're at without being able to push through stuff. And they, they, they're, they're examples of perseverance and hard work. Think about Cam Taylor. Brady came here. He was a quarterback in high school. Think about how much he had to learn to get to where he's at now. Same with Cam Jurgens. That, that's where their story is the same. Cam Jurgens played tight end and running back in high school. And now, you know, they in Frost had a great idea to move him to center. It's worked out. Um, it's worked out really well, as a matter of fact, to the to the extent that I think he's almost a certain second round pick, and maybe sneaks into the first. But yeah, they're both great, great character guys who happen to have a lot of talent, like a, a lot of explosive talent. And it's kind of it's kind of interesting, especially as we look upon this upcoming year in the NFL draft. Uh, you know, it's just been a long time since Nebraska's had a second round pick. I think it's uh, Randy Gregory or, or, or Amir Abdullah or something like that from all the way back in Bose days. Um, but it is uh, it, I, I just find it 
I, 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 I guess the, the, what, I, what I'm trying to say here is that there's a lot of talent leaving the program, uh, and obviously yep. they, they didn't perform as well, but I, I guess I would just have a, a lot less trouble buying in that this is going to be the year that Nebraska turns it around if you could have some of those names, like the Cam Jurgens, Cam Taylor-Britz, JoJo Domans, um, even guys that aren't getting a whole lot of NFL buzz like a Deontay Williams. It's just, it seems like a, a lot to lose. Oh, I, I don't think there's any question about that. And what I said, and I said it a lot on, a, on our airwaves at the ticket, is I thought with that talent, Cam Jurgens, Cam Taylor Britt, Austin Allen, you know, the Big Ten, the Big Ten tight end of the year, um, JoJo, JoJo, who's a certain draft pick and a very unique player, um, I, I, I maintained consistently that that was a team that was good enough to play in a bowl game. And I thought they should have been in a bowl game. And I think, and I've said, I don't mind saying it, I don't mind reiterating because, especially in the context of this conversation, if I were a coach at Nebraska, I would feel like we didn't maximize. And they didn't, I don't think they maximized that talent. They, you know what, though? They didn't, it's not like they came too far away from it. You know, you, then it, it gets back to that, conversation about the tough schedule right and they played teams close um they weren't that far from being a bowl team but they didn't get there and and yeah you're seeing a lot of guys that have impressed nfl people and because they're because they're very good players and those players should have been in a bowl game and then this is this uh, another thing that pops up. Not always fun to talk about, but the paternal legacy is a special E60 tonight. And uh, of course, Nebraska very much involved with that. Played in the first game, um, you know, w- w- went, uh, without Joe Paterno there. We all know about the Sandusky schedule that that went on there. Um, and, and I just saw like clips of it revisiting, taking down the statue. Now there's people kind of um, debating whether they, there should be a paternal statue in in State College. Um, just what what were your memories of, of just how kind of crazy those few weeks were leading up to the Nebraska game to where it was like, should we, I, I remember feeling it's like, should we be playing a football game? Oh yeah. There was definitely that feeling. I think that, I mean, I remember that trip very well. And of course, Ron Brown had a very memorable talk on the field before the game with the, with the teams. It was a very com- complex situation um, in that. Yeah. You wondered, you wondered if they should play. Now I felt they should. Um, I, I, and I, and, and in retrospect, I feel that even, I feel more strongly about it. I didn't think it felt that weird. I think it was, I think it was good. Just to, just to, I always kind of feel that way. Um, I mean, obviously not, there's not all situations call for you to keep going forward, but I think most of them do. And I thought that one did. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Here's the thing, Bob. As you were asking the question, I feel like it's one of those situations that I don't want to read. I don't want to relive it. I'm not interested right. in reading about it. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not interested in uh, reading about any fallout. Um, it was an ugly situation. I feel like I, I, you know, I've learned en- enough about it um, to know what the situation was, um, and I don't want to revisit it. That's 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 my personal feeling. It's ugly, and I don't like it. And I and I I, hope, I just hope that God 
that nothing like that ever happens again. Oh yeah, absolutely, and then that and that's and that's fair too. I mean, I, I I kind of feel the same way. I just thought it was weird that they're bringing up the E60 thing, and, and it's gonna um, draw up the question of whether the Paterno statue should be out there. And it's just, I mean, it's especially when you talk about blue bloods. You know, Penn State's kind of right on that line, and I just don't know what to do with that situation. So um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I don't need it. I don't need yeah, it. it's hard to like count the wins or not i mean all that you just you want to get out of it as soon as you can um so we will we'll stop talking about it ourselves here but we'd like to thank you Stephen m simple uh of the lincoln journal star for joining us today on the block yeah i really appreciate it we'll do it again next week okay all right all right there you go Stephen m simple of the lincoln journal star and of early break uh, it is that time of the day call right now 402-464-5685 first one in line will have a chance to win 15 dollars to buffalo wings and rings all you have to do is beat strick in a shootout uh, our game show shootout with strick coming up next here call 402-464-5685 uh, that's coming up next here on the block on 93.7 the ticket